Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Zyaquina, Bryce Diamond, here we are again. It's a Monday, and it was almost a manic Monday for me personally, but instead, it is a Montreal Monday. Montreal stand up, Ken Birch, Pierre Font, uh, you had Lou Dort and Chris Boucher from Montreal Nord. It was a sensational spotlight of Montreal talent last night. And on top of that, we got the victory. Zaya Kuana, how are you feeling after uh, your Canadian hometown landing city uh, was showcased last night? Long time coming. Uh, good morning, listeners. Uh, it was a long time coming. It was great to see uh, Lou Dort and Pascal Siakam. Oh, Pascal Siakam, my apologies. Chris Boucher and Ken Birch really get some spotlight and play up to uh, – I didn't expect this, so beyond expectations, really. Uh, it felt uh, there was a tingling inside, uh, remembering the days of old uh, playing on the streets of uh, – I grew up in LaSalle, so just a, a suburb just outside of – um, downtown Montreal, and um, there's a there's a place called the Heights in LaSalle that is that is legendary of attracting players from all across the city uh, in the street ball game, and um, guys from Montreal North who are known to be menacing on the on the court and uh, and built built like steel. And uh, which were many, many of them were Haitian um, immigrants and, and uh, families of Haitian immigrants. And so uh, to see uh, both of those individuals, uh, Lou Dort, obviously of Haitian descent, and uh, whereas Boucher is of uh, St. Lucian descent, uh, great to see them excel and to play well to represent their city. And uh, Chris, Boucher, Chris Boucher offered a comments in his uh, post-game um, interview talking about inspiring kids from those same streets saying that um, you know obviously it sounds romantic right if I can make it you can make it as well and we both know his uh, journey has been kind of a winding road but he still made it right and um, and under the un under the big spotlights so uh, it's really really excited for him and i think this is just the beginning at least for at least for lou dort this is um because i think he has a lot more uh basketball um to to offer and a ceiling that's higher than many of us expect. definitely uh it was also great to see the benches both benches cheering on those two montreal guys dueling it out um obviously uh dort started 
Um, and uh, he, he punished the Raptors with 21 points in the first quarter. Uh, the seventh Oklahoma City Thunder player to hit that mark. But uh, Boucher said touche on the other side, and he got the best of the game and the best of Lou Dort. And I think it's safe to say, much like uh, Pascal Siakam winning Cameroon matchups against Embiid, I think it's safe to say he won the battle this time uh, and uh, took the game for, for the Raps with that late game three with 10 seconds to go. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you hit it on the ball. Uh, no pun intended. I th- it was a it was a Montreal duel, right? And and they stepped up to the plate. Um, the game, at least in the first half, right, was a dull bore. It was um, more of an Ottawa I mean, type game yeah, they, in the first half. <laughs> exactly. Goodness gracious. Um, and uh, but these guys stepped up. I mean, Dort didn't miss from the from the field he had uh uh, i think chris boucher had 17 at the half and ludort had somewhere between i believe he had 25 at the half so uh he couldn't miss if even if you uh uh paid him to right like he couldn't and uh, chris boucher i think took this personally (laughs) and and showed up and thank goodness he did because if he wasn't i think it would have been a uh a a wider uh, margin of deficit uh, for the Raptors at the half, but um, he kept this in and I think he finished it in the fourth. Um, And uh, anything, anything that uh, um, was particular about Chris Boucher's game uh, that spoke to you because he, he showed a little bit of everything uh, last night, uh, putting the ball on the floor. Obviously, he showed his uh, range from the three-point arc, but uh, he showed your mid-range. He created off the bounce uh, for some uh, key passes, and he defended uh, qu- qu- exceptionally well uh, uh, last night. Anything else for you? Uh, I, you know, I we we follow Will Lou on Twitter, and he couldn't believe how good Boucher was playing on the pick and roll as he was the guy with the ball getting screens from Ken Birch or Freddie Gillespie. Uh, So that I think was very impressive. There was a shot in the first half, a jumper that he hit. Uh, The the release was so quick. I think Steph Curry would have been proud to have that kind of quick release. Uh, That was definitely something that was big. I think the thing that impressed me most or – uh, yeah, that certainly almost moved me uh, last night, despite the <laughs> fact that uh, I desperately needed that three to go in to go up 110-104 uh, as a fan who has turned on games uh, after a long walk to kind of decompress after the first half. Uh, you know, we needed to win that ball game uh, late in the fourth with all the losses we've had in close games i remember utah recently we were up five 110 105 and we we just weren't able to score really down the stretch and then we had of course that atlanta game that i'm i think my body still is is feeling there's some some trauma from that game gosh and tony snell of all people thanks a lot yeah it reminded me of the yeah 
the Bucks coming back after we were up like 25 in that 2017 series. Goodness gracious. How do I remember these games? Maybe that you um, that was Tony Snell's oh revenge goodness. game. <laughs> but all that said, what impressed me most was when we won it, when the buzzer sounded last night, Chris Boucher was like, it was like his championship. Like he won the Montreal Cup. You know, like, I don't know if we can have those types of games like they do in the MLS, but last night kind of felt like, like a cup match. Um, and he was jacked because he was the best player on the floor. He, he, he beat, he won the day. He beat Lou Dort in the duo and, and got his team the victory. It was very impressive. So, you know, from a, a game a skill perspective, I think, you know, the pick and roll game uh, was exciting to watch. But uh, we knew he could shoot the three and we knew he could take it to the 10 and, and cover the basket well. But it was really that uh, the skill set um, was secondary to the emotion that I love to see. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Bryce quickly, you know, he finished with 31 points. Uh, so out, out dueling um, Lou Dort, who finished with 29 points from nine for, 15, nine for 15 from the field, five for eight from the three-point line. Chris Boucher's stat line, I mean, we don't dig deep too much. Uh, we let others do it. But just re- hear me out. 10 for 16 from the field, 6 for 9 from the three-point line, 5 for 7 from the free-throw line. This is where it gets me. 12 rebounds, 6 offensive rebounds, uh, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. He was plus for 15. Now, the guy he was defending on the other team was a special uh, young fella. He's a rookie. Pokoshevsky, um, who's this 6'11", 7-foot, um, poor man's Dirk Nowitzki, uh, and, you know, shows a bit of Luka Doncic, and he shot miserably. Especially in the, the second Four half. 14. Yeah, 0 for 8 from the three-point line, didn't get to the free-throw line. Uh, he had five assists, and this guy has great vision. He had seven rebounds, minus 15. He was That was Chris Boucher's matchup. And this is why I said Chris Boucher took it personally. He was, this rookie is, is hype. And he was on know? the floor um, at one point, wasn't and, he? I think he got his ankle snapped. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Boucher went at this guy. And so, but not just offensively, right? But also defensively. That was Chris Boucher's uh, matchup. So he was floating on from the perimeter, but then he still gave time to, you know, to, 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 to battle inside. And uh, which helped because we won the rebounding battle, uh, 47-46. So uh, this is, I think you mentioned last night, it was a third time, um in a row that we fourth won the time matchup yeah fourth time goodness gracious and and we've also yeah. won three straight so i think the math mm. adds up uh but kudos to chris boucher because we uh i've we've been both hard on him in terms of his inconsistency in the clutch as well as losing the matchup the rebounding matchup and um he's He's, uh, he's proving us wrong. And, and um, Chris Boucher, I looked at his numbers quickly because I wanted to see what his shooting percentage was. I was really curious about this because obviously uh, now that he's, he's slid into that power forward spot, he's become a, a different guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. He, he's been able to have 
you know, more room to operate, but he's also not getting bullied the yeah. same way as he was when he was playing the five. But this guy is shooting almost 40% from three-point land. He is shooting 61% yep. Yep. from inside the three-point line. He's got 14 points a game along with uh, seven rebounds. I said this at the start of the season, and and you and I kind of, you know, we were saying it, I think, more talking about potential than we were uh, uh, about talking realistically. But, you know, we were trying to make up for for things Mm -hmm. that had happened over the offseason. But Chris Boucher's numbers are really starting to challenge the idea that he's done a great job, like uh, almost – uh, done a better job, but I won't say that. I'll say a great job of replacing Serge Ibaka. Would, would, like, did we ever think that this would be the case? It's it's incredible what he's right. what he's done. You're right. I remember you mentioned you you were quicker to uh, to 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 outline that expectation and potential, right? Of of him reaching a level of, of, of comparison with, Chris, uh, with Serge Ibaka. I was, I was a bit more resistant uh, just because of Chris Boucher's frame, but, you, but the numbers don't lie, right? Um, like our boy uh, Dion Waiters uh, said, you know, uh, men lie, women lie, ball don't lie. And, uh, <laughs> and those numbers that you've outlined I hit it, you know, um, don't just, I, I don't think it's just a numbers game here, but I think Bryce in terms of his impact is, is, is quite significant. Remember this guy is also someone who's a bit more versatile than Serge in being able to defend the perimeter as much as he's able to defend yep. the inside. Uh, and he's still learning how to play the game at the age of 28. So mm-hmm. it put it, all these yeah. talent evaluators saying that your ceiling, you hit your ceiling at the age of what, 25 and, you know, essentially, you know, you can just move on. The new science is actually debunking that. And it's great to see that Chris Boucher is still developing. Um, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, can, can we have asked anything better from him in light of the type of year that we've had? It's incredible, man. It's incredible. Now, there are other guys that played this game for the Raptors. Uh, we had another solid, consistent night from Malachi Flynn, who had five assists, just one turnover. So that continues to improve his uh, points. Uh, sorry, assist to turnover ratio, which is exceptional seven right re- now for a rookie rebounds, point guard. Bryce. Wow. Im- impressive. Uh, we also had That's a good. second half that was was improved shooting wise but more than shooting for Gary Trent Jr last night his defense stepped it up in the second half and he was a playmaker he set up that that game clinching shot that Boucher hit and he had Lou Dort yeah and he, and he and he had Lou Dort yep. drape yep. on him um and and but finally and one guy i think we need to to highlight here for a couple reasons was Yuta Watanabe he played last night uh, down the stretch of a ball game. I think it's the first time since the second game we played against Sacramento in Tampa when we kind of threw that game away. But his intensity on the defensive end earned him that uh, clutch time minutes or crunch time minutes in that Sacramento game. Mm. Here he is last night. He, 
he he leapfrogged Stanley Johnson, which I think you and I have talked about. He went past DeAndre Bembry, who I've been big on, and he was able to guard multiple positions last night. He made some clutch plays, including an assist to Chris Boucher down the stretch of that ball game last two minutes. Uh, Yuta Watanabe is now officially signed on a standard contract with the Toronto Raptors. Huge news. And again, we, we, we talk about this as a Toronto Raptors franchise being the only Canadian team. Here's this guy from Japan, one of only two guys, I believe, who are from Japan playing in the league right now. What a historical day uh, for him personally, but I think for our franchise too, to continue to not just uh, see talent, but develop it and then see the bigger picture of its impact on the country that someone's from like Yuta. Thoughts on Yuta? I think the Toronto Raptors uh, second to maybe the San Antonio Spurs. And there could be an argument that we've, we've uh, gone above the San Antonio Spurs in um, growing the game globally because of our talent evaluation uh, as it relates to international players. Right. And and our and our player development specifically and Yuda Wananabe, at least this year, is an example of that. I don't think we're we're not patronizing any player here. Um, you know, the fact that he's an international player, so we're going to give him an opportunity and therefore uh, grow our brand in said country. Absolutely not. This guy has game hands down. Uh, he wouldn't be on the court. He wouldn't be playing. He wouldn't be receiving the respect from his teammates if he didn't. And I think he continues to do that. Uh, Bryce and I, we didn't go into much detail in his career game uh, against the Orlando Magic, which he, where he dropped 21 points, six rebounds, two assists. But last night's game was probably more impactful because he, the way in which yeah. he played was so in sync with, um, with the urgency of the way we made yep. a comeback late in the fourth and secured uh, our lead. And many times he bailed us out in our offensive set. I think, which like everyone else, we struggled in the first half. So did he. But for him, it didn't take long for him to adjust, right? And um, I'm really impressed with this guy, Bryce. I mean, I think this guy has mm-hmm. the smarts. I think he will continue to refine his body and get stronger so he could defend uh, bigs a little bit better. Um, he's rangy. Uh, he has... Uh, the, the the capacity to hit the three and he's starting to build that confidence and be more aggressive. Uh, and I think it's the confidence that Nick Nurse gives him, right? He says, you've earned it, man. You bust your butt defensively. So offensively, even if you make mistakes or you experiment with a few things, I'm fine with that because of the effort he gives defensively. Uh, he's earned that contract. He's earned uh, the role in, uh, in that in this new rotation. I'm curious to know how that unfolds when our core guys come back, Bryce. I, I think, yep. Uh, yep. I still think he provides that, uh, that versatility that Nick Nurse uh, uh, puts mm-hmm. an emphasis on, like the, you know, being six nine two fifty. goodness gracious. I mean, I, I don't know his, his arm lengths, but I think he's, you know, he's wiry strong and he has that length that, Will will that kid add value to our team going into the playoffs? At least in the play-in, right? And so, right, uh, and be competitive for the rest of the season. Uh, sky's the limit for this young man because I, I think um, I think he has those intangibles that can really um, 
see him continue to grow. Yeah. I mean, last night really was uh, a, a possible preview to the play-in in that uh, the guys who finished that game last night um, and maybe maybe not finished, I shouldn't say, but played a lot of minutes, uh, Freddie Gillespie, Chris Boucher, Yuta Watanabe, uh, Gary Trent Jr., and Malachi Flynn – that's our second yeah. unit. And for yeah. me at this stage, at this stage in the season, we'll see how things play out. Cause there's so many factors um, and, and variables, but if that's the, the, the unit, the second unit uh, that, that plays uh, against, you know, maybe the Indiana Pacers uh, possibly uh, the Chicago bulls. If we were to win that first game, uh, then, you know, we might play a Charlotte Hornets team, maybe even a Miami Heat team. Uh, if, we, if we play against them and that's our bench, I'm pretty confident knowing the types of games they've had in the last five, six games. I'm pretty confident that they're going to, uh, you know, ex- excel uh, what they're even doing now uh, because they've had this opportunity and they'll be playing against bench units. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to dominate the second unit. I'm not going to say that they're going to uh, be able to beat a first unit, but I'm pretty happy with that group of guys uh, getting a chance in a play-in game. And I'm pretty confident they, they can beat that second unit, get the edge to get our starters back in there to close games. Any thoughts on that before we uh, move on to, to two more points in the pot? Yeah, I think Nick Nurse really tightens the the roster come the more competitive uh, games, as well as if we're trying to squeak, squeak into the play-in and subsequently the playoffs. But one of the guys that I think uh, can, can I can confirm may, you know, get some minutes because of how they've proven uh, Chris Boucher, definitely, right? But Utah yep. may very well be part of that um uh rotation um i think he beats out bembry i think he beats out stanley johnson paul watson uh jr and yeah i, I and, agree and i I'll think be- because he knows the role that however uh narrow role that is is we need you to defend we need you to hit wide open shots we need, you're smart enough to make the necessary cuts um uh in an offensive set uh, you can run the uh, the fast break, and you can pass. You can find the open man, right? You're not flumber. You know, you're not you're not overwhelmed and under pressure uh, with the ball. So, um, you know, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure Nick Nurse and his coaching staff um, ha- have taken note. And I don't think you need these types of explosive career high games uh, to make that conclusion, Bryce. I think throughout this season. You know, you look at film, you you analyze uh, the data, um, you know, uh, you know, Judah Watanabe has, has really proven himself. Chris Boucher has re for, you know, despite some of the, the challenges he's had in a, in this bigger role, he's still proven himself. He's the he's he's the best big coming off the bench for us. Um, and I don't think he's missed the game all season. And so, Ooh, yeah, that's a good stat uh, yeah. To look and at. so he's been quite reliable, regardless of how he considers himself being bullied at some times. He, he has that inner fortitude, especially mentally, um, 
to withstand um, um, all the challenges that have uh, uh, that that has that has been uh, that has come his way at least this season. So um, kudos to him. Um, but you had two more uh, subject matters to t- to touch on. Yeah, well, the the first um, is uh, we had a whole bunch of guys out last night. Some were resting, some were nursing, uh, some some Elbow injuries injury, that are quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a shoulder, there was a calf, there was a, a hip, there was a toe. Um, I, I feel like this is you know a kid song uh, that's going to start, but. Um, you've got these, these four guys, core guys, uh, Fred, Kyle, Pascal, OG, everyone knows who they are and that they were out last night. Um, and, and you wonder, are they coming back this season? Uh, if they are, when are they? Um, they had a lot of time off and, and we didn't play them last night, even though we've got an extra day off. We don't play till Wednesday against Brooklyn. And then again, we have an extra day off. We don't play New York until Saturday. Uh, any thoughts about what might be going through Nick Nurse's head? Uh, any thoughts about what is going through Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster's head? Well, I'll, I mean, what goes through uh, coaching staff's head and even the players' head, right, during this type of season that has had them relocate to another city uh, and play through a compressed schedule uh, that started in – late December um, technically they started in early December with training camp um, this kind of makeshift training camp um, in a and and then you know a shortened preseason and then a compressed uh, regular season and unfortunately uh, there's been in, uh, in you know legitimate injuries so that's not something that we're just going to. Yep wipe out but we also have to talk about the right. fact that the, the, there hasn't been enough rest between the end of the bubble and the start of the new season as usually is the case uh for an nba right. season and all that to all that to to mention you know the, the it's been you know it's hovering above us regardless of the access to resources and privileges that these players and coaches and teams have is that there's still a global pandemic right so uh it's been a challenging year so i think given all of that uh and where we and you know we we find ourselves in a contention for play-in they're saying hey if we can make the play-in with this makeshift roster that we've had so far let's try to get as much rest as possible to make a run in the playoffs. I don't think they're tanking. If anyone believes that, then we would see, then that would have happened around the uh, all-star break, right? We would have sat all of our guys for an extended period. Um, But that's not the case. We saw Kyle Lowry um, last week against the New York Knicks. And uh, we saw Pascal Siakam. We saw Ananobi. We also saw Van Vliet in the San Antonio game. So we know that they're working through injuries and I'm careful to uh, underestimate the impact of the injury, especially if it's a hip injury in the case of Fred Van Vliet. Uh, We know what type of hip injury impact had on Isaiah Thomas uh, 
in, in Boston and how that kind of riddled his career. So uh, I don't underestimate it. Um, and just because you see a guy wailing his arms on the sidelines doesn't mean that he, this shoulder injury is an actual legitimate, right? Like there's, there's medical reports that still need to be filed. So there's no f- bamboozling the NBA uh, in, in, in their listing. Now, quote unquote, rest, the rest kind of status could be quite ambiguous, but don't underestimate that these players don't deserve it nonetheless. All that to say, I think they're going to make a run. I think they really want to make sure that they maximize enough rest as possible. So when they come to playoffs, Bryce, the style of basketball we know the, the Raptors play is an intensive right. defense, right? right. We, we push the ball and we play at a high tempo of, uh, offense at, where we have high shot volume, especially from the three. We also depend on two point cards to start in our backcourt. Um, and hey, I mean, we're also playing a, a heavy set Eastern Conference team, right? So, do these players need the rest and preparation for that for the possibility of positioning themselves against a 76ers, uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, Milwaukee Bucks? Absolutely, right? So, what do you want? Do you want them to compete at a high level, uh, when it comes out to the uh, play in playoffs, or do you want them to? tank or do you want them to um still try to challenge through the regular season and then underperform in the playoffs because they are the they have no more output that they're exhausted i mean we can't have it all you know we can't have it all right in light of the type of roster that we have so that's my rationale when it you know um uh, and and the logic that i at least i'm working with i don't have any insider info but it doesn't take any kind of um, investigative journalism to come to these types of uh, conclusion, knowing full well, uh, not just the makeup of our roster, but also the type of conference that we're in, especially as we're trying to compete against underachieving Chicago Bulls or a Washington Wizards, right? Who are the only ones that are competing for that 10th seed. Right, right. Um, well, the way you were talking there uh, sounded like uh, certain uh, Canadian broadcasters uh, giving excuses <laughs> to some of these guys. Uh, I thought that Pascal Siakam uh, not playing defense against the New York Knicks was uh, just simply that he made mistakes. But no, okay, no, no, that's I, fine. You called him uh, out for it. I'm saying the oh, I I'm saying the injury, and and note that I never use the excuse of, um, well, you know what they got they they con- you know they contracted COVID and therefore, um, it's very difficult for them to play at this level. I'm not even using that excuse. We're we're just I'm talking about or reasoning. I'm talking about injuries. So if at any point someone says that they have a particular injury, I am going to take them. Uh, after a word and I think and, and understanding we're not going to rush you back just so you can compete against an OKC team or a, the bottom feeder right. Orlando Magic get the rest but in light of you competing for that play in and in the playoffs subsequently right? Um, right please do not so it's not a it's not a shoulder injury quote unquote wink wink even if it's a even if it's a minor shoulder injury a little bump um taking advantage of rest time against an OKC team that we, uh, we beat by six um, on a Sunday evening. Absolutely. 
I, I mean, I, I would take advantage of it. So it's, it, so it yeah. doesn't even have to be a wink wick. Sometimes you need to, uh, I don't want to say play around with the terminology of if it's not rest, then sure, let's write shoulder injury because there is a bruise, right? Um, right. But, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, they're, Ross, they're responsible, the coaching staff and the players are responsible for their own health and well-being in order for them to compete at a high level. That has to be managed internally. The NBA can't manage that, right? And so you have to dictate it and find a way and find cause to, um, to manage it in, in order for you to remain competitive come, come, um, come playoff time. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt the NBA is trying to manage their own exactly. interests by, by handing out fines to uh, the players on multiple levels. Um, but uh, we, I digress on that. I digress. Uh, our last point that we have to get to in this pod, uh, because to this point we are not getting six digits uh, or even uh, four digits to, to do this podcast. Uh, but our last point in this one is the question that we've been asking uh, since, you know, April has begun. Is there a chance? Can we, will we make the play-in? Not, not the playoffs, because that's a whole other question once we get to the plan. But will we make the plan? We have now had three straight wins. We have, uh, I believe, 14 games to go in the schedule. Uh, there is a trip to the West Coast. Uh, every, every fan that, that listens to this, every Raptors fan that listens to this podcast knows the schedule now because we've you know harped on it so many times but will we Sai Quinn the question today your answer will we make the play-in yes you know if we can run off three straight victories feels so freaking good by the way um and develop our guys our, our, our roster as particularly our, our role players and, and still find rest for our core guys. Um, and I will lead, I will add Gary Trent Jr. as one of our core guys now. Um, I'm impressed. We're tied for that 10th spot with Chicago and the Washington Wizards. I have to look at their schedule. Do, they, do the Chicago Bulls have a challenging schedule coming up? They do. They do. All their, all the, they're the only team that they have coming up that's below 500 is the, is the Cleveland Cavaliers, which Sexland can still make a, make a run for them, um, which is this Wednesday. Uh, and the same for the Washington Wizards. You know, what type of schedule do they have coming up? And uh, they're going to play OKC twice and Cleveland once. But aside from that, they have, they are playing teams above 500 as well. So, Similar to the, 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 the strenuous, difficult schedule that we have, so do they. Um, the only added difference, I think, uh, the Washington Wizards are playing the Cavaliers as well, um, um, twice, uh, including OKC. So aside from that, uh, hey, uh, it's up for the grabbing. If you ask me you know, where you would put your Bitcoin uh, investments, uh, to towards if it you know between the Toronto Raptors, the Chicago Bulls, and the Washington Wizards, I'd 
you know, I'd give it with the, I'd give it with the Toronto Raptors, hands down, right? And uh, knowing, knowing not just our players, but our, our coaching staff and how competitive uh, the, the culture and that we have, and also that we want to prove the NBA wrong. You know, you know, we were relocated to Toronto. We were given a challenging schedule on top of that. Okay. You know, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a friendly competitive middle finger to the front to the NBA office to be like, you know what, we, we can still win despite these, these barriers in front of us. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, interesting. uh, now that, do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Uh, uh, Yesterday, it was announced uh, after dinner that people who are 40 years old and up can receive the AstraZeneca vaccine. And that means I am eligible. I'm over 40 years old. And I do not have any vaccine hesitation. I am not uh, vaccine hesitant. However, when it comes to placing bets on the Toronto Raptors right now, with all the factors, all the variables, all the variants, perhaps, <laughs> I am not <laughs> going to put my money down just yet. I need to see more. Damn. I want to see a win. I want to see a win against Damn. Brooklyn. They've got a back-to-back. They've been sitting their stars. James Harden's still out uh, for that game on Wednesday. Um, but I, I need to see them win that game, and I need to see them win the Knicks game. They win the next two games, then I'll start putting money down because they've put together oh, a five-game winning streak. You got to, you know, you got to, you can't, you got to, you know, um, blessed are those who believe without seeing and touching. You know what I mean? Uh, those who know, <laughs> know. Um, but I get it. You know, it's been a tough year uh, for for even fans as well. So um, if you uh, if you need to see more proof in the pudding. Uh, I get it. I understand. Um, uh, KD may not be available on Wednesday, depending on how severe the injury that he suffered last night. So, uh, so that will, that still won't be a a full uh, healthy Brooklyn Nets team. Uh, Nevertheless, I I agree with you with the New York Knicks. I think that, and the style in which the New York Knicks play is akin to a play is akin to a, uh, a playoff um, matchup. So uh, you're right. That will give a lot more uh, uh, assurance of whether we're, we're serious, but I, the key thing here is making sure that we have our health, the healthy lineup um, this week. Yeah, for sure. We do. We do need to see those guys come back in. That's a, that's a clincher for me. If we if we don't see Fred or Kyle in the next two games, uh, that might you know mean something for the next ten games. Uh, so hopefully one or both of them are back for at least one. And one thing that uh, I, I game forgot each, to mention uh, against uh, Brooklyn I don't and New know York. The intricacies of their contract uh, or their agreements. Um, offhand, but there are particular contracts that require a percentage of games to be played every season, um, especially for those that get max contracts. In particular, right. I'm looking at uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, right? So you can ma- you max out your full contract per year. 
not based on uh, games played, right? And certain and attaining, uh, you know, if you make it to the all-star team or you make it to an all-NBA uh, team or all-defensive uh, team. So, um, so it matters that these guys play a particular percentage of games. It's, it, so, um, so, so for guys who think, well, they're just taking the night off just, just cause, uh, you know, Hey, like, let's, let's, let's understand that contractually that's, that's not in the best interest of the players themselves. So I, I wanted to mention that really quickly. Yeah. That's good. Good reminder. Well, hopefully uh, they can earn all the money that they deserve as they deserve every penny. Hopefully Kiki Vanderway keep keeps his hands pockets, out of the Kiki. pockets of the players. And that's right. And hopefully we can continue this winning streak. Wouldn't it be nice to go out West having just run the table in the East uh, seven games straight. That's a long way from where we're at right now, but something to uh, have some hope about as we build momentum toward the play-in games. Zach Rihanna, always a pleasure, my friend. We look forward uh, to, to talking Thursday morning. Uh, for all of you out there that are over 40, that haven't been vaccinated, please get the vaccination and uh, we'll, we'll keep talking. We'll keep talking and we'll keep cheering this team on. <laughs>